Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Wholehearted Healer. I'm so grateful that you're here. My name is Dr. Aveen Banish. I'm your host. And today I'm really excited to talk with Dr. Sogol Palavan. Um, Dr. Sogol is a board-certified pediatrician and the founder and managing partner of ABC Pediatric Clinic. And after struggling with burnout, um, she embarked on a joyful journey of mindful living. She became a certified physician mindfulness coach, and she uses all kinds of wonderful, juicy tools to help people and herself, I'm guessing, kind of come back to self-fulfillment and joy. So um, Dr. Sogol, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I'm honored to be here. So you and I met, I believe, through one of the fabulous female physician um, groups on Facebook, and I participated in a beautiful ceremony that you had called CPR for the soul, which was a really lovely offering. Um, so many amazing um, speakers just offering their wisdom. Um, so I first want to just say thank you for creating that um, and welcome. Oh my God. Thank you for being a participant, you know, CPR for the souls, which is essentially, it was a virtual experiential ceremony or program that was specific for uh, midlife female physicians. But I think it can be for any human out there that has a soul, which is every single one of us. Um, it, It came to fruition as I was as I was not even, you know, as physicians, we plan and we strategize and we set goals all of our life. But this was one of those um, things for me that just came with me being in my feminine divine, right? And what I mean by that is, I didn't have a certain goal, I didn't have a certain outline, I didn't have a certain um a checklist that I wanted to abide by and check off and complete in a certain time. Um, it came from the intention of just like building community. And I think even before the community, it was just like, let me meet some of these amazing female physicians that are out there that are very much aligned with the with my values. And as I was recording, you know, speaking to the physicians and having them on my podcast and recording it, I don't know, they say like, I got an idea, a download, however you want to describe it. I said, well, wouldn't it be amazing if we had all these physicians under one roof, whether that's virtual or face-to-face, and so we can share, um, they can share their gifts. That was essentially it. I want to be able to give space and a platform for these awesome female physicians that I honor and I really respect for them to have a place to, to, to just share, share their stories, right? Because one of the biggest things I've learned from my 
um, healing journey is just storytelling is so powerful. And that's initially why I started my podcast, just to tell my story. And then I said, how about we have some other people come tell their story? And then how come we have a day where everyone can tell their story and kind of talk about their gifts? So that's where it came from. So it was truly close to my heart. It was it was a really beautiful experience. And why don't we why don't we take a step back and tell us your story? So yeah. So yeah. a little bit about you and and um and whatever you want to share. Let's hear. Yeah. So I was born in Iran, Tehran, Iran, which is the capital. So I am an immigrant. I, I was lucky enough to immigrate with my parents to the States. Okay. So I find that very uh, blessed in that sense. So we moved from Iran to Houston. And <laughs> literally, I've been in Houston <laughs> like 40 years. No, I'm 46. So that was like what? 36 years ago. Um, And so, you know, my story is the very typical immigrant story, right? Work hard. You're from the Middle East. You have three options in your careers. It's medicine, engineering, and law. (laughs) And so you just get to pick from one of those. I was um, not good in math or I didn't enjoy math. Engineering was out. I initially wanted to be an attorney because I was very vocal. um, And, but I had these limiting beliefs of like, like I'm an immigrant and I'm not eloquent with my words. And I did horrible on my SATs and English isn't my strong subject. So by default, I picked medicine. <laughs> Literally, that's how I uh, ended up in medicine. So I don't have the usual story of like, I always wanted to be a healer as a child. And I really wanted to help. I was really self-absorbed, actually. <laughs> Maybe that's why I wanted to be a lawyer. But <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yes, I went, I did the whole high school, undergrad, med school. I met my husband in undergrad, first year of med school, got married, um, went to like a prestigious, uh, I'm a pediatrician, so pediatric residency, um, Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. Um, so, you know, achieve, 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 check, 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 go, go, go. And I had three kids back to back while starting up my own pediatric clinic. So literally when I got to about 40, 41, somewhere in there, I had checked off every single quote unquote dream on my vision board, right? And at that point, I felt, um, I, I, at that point, I would think that I would feel fulfilled, joyful, calm, whatever, excited, happy, one of those emotions. But all I felt was, I, I would say my predominant feeling was tired. I was super, super tired. But if you go beyond the physical manifestation of what tired was behind it was a lot of anger and frustration and irritability. And if you even go peel the onion a little bit further, it was a lot of, I, I think, sadness and hurt were my predominant emotions. And, um, you know, at that point, being the physician and the overachiever that I was, I was like, oh, maybe I haven't achieved enough. <laughs> maybe that's why yeah. I, <laughs> I'm tired and frustrated. I need to achieve more. So it was like, okay, what do I do next? Do I expand my clinic to two clinics? Do I hire more people? Do I expand beyond this? Do I get a side gig? Do I do this? Do I go? Anyways, all these things. But something within me, and this was the time where COVID hit, right? So I say COVID saved my life because at that point it was March, 2020 spring break. We actually had to cancel our ski trip 
to uh, that day, we had all our pat bags packed, we were rolling out. And then my sister's like, I am, I don't know why you're leaving town. And I'm like, No, it's fine. It's spring break. It's no. Anyways, we can- we canceled it. And so that took me into a period that forced me like life forced me to just sit, sit like pause. Right. It was beyond my control. It was like, the, you know, the with all the clinics, there was there was closure of the clinics. The patient volume wasn't coming in. We had to um, we had to pivot a little bit into telemedicine, but the volume wasn't the, the same. Right, there were no kids' activities. There was no parties. No, so so everything got super quiet. And I think at that point, I made a decision to be like, okay, how am I going to take advantage of this quiet time? And I'm very good. My personality wise, I'm very good at. Um, I'm very good doing, right? So when there's a circumstance that comes my way, I don't take the, oh, poor me approach. I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, I take the, oh, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's something on the other side of this that that that's meant to be with me in, in, in my space right now. So that's kind of the approach I took. And I sat quiet. I got, um, there's, there was a lot of talk about coaching in the physician coaching world. So I hired a coach and, and the first question I asked myself, cause I had no idea again, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know, but I knew I felt angry and I knew that I wanted to feel calm and at peace. And I didn't know how I would go from anger to calm and peace and and i don't think there was a step to step process that i could tell you but i knew that that's that's the path like there was a fork in the road at me at that time right and that was the path that i wanted to choose knowing not knowing anything about it right like stepping into the uncertainty and one of that's one of the things that i really want to emphasize where you're at the, these different um transitional stages in your life or these you know moments of awakening or whatever or midlife crisis whatever you want to call it is that you're not going to have the answers. You're not going to know. Like, that's the whole point, right? It's like to build that self-trust muscle, to build that um, that intuition, to build that self-compassion. Like, these are the things that I really learned in my journey is that, you know, it wasn't, it's not really about the end results of wherever I wanted to get to. It's like, what how did I shift and pivot and what lessons did I learn and how, what things did I have to release, right? To be able to fully trust me, listen to the voice within me, instead of listening to like, you should expand your clinic. You should do this. Everybody's doing this. Why don't you do this? Right. I wanted to, for the first time, really listen to the answers that were coming within me because I knew, and and as I was doing my work, I knew that the power that we hold, right? The power that our intuition holds, the power of the inner wisdom that we have is so magnificent and it is so infinite that if we just tap into that, if we just allow ourselves to tap into that, there's so much clarity. I think the challenge is allowing yourself to do that. <laughs> so I love your story. I love, you know, you can sense even just in your energy and the way you're talking that you're a real go-getter, you're super active, 
you probably hadn't pressed pause maybe in your entire life. And so for those who may be listening, who resonate with you and your energy and your story, can you just talk about that, like that period, right? Mm -hmm. Was it comfortable or was it incredibly uncomfortable? To... Oh my God. It was... <laughs> so this is, this is where the mental chatter comes up, right? This is where all the, you thought that your brain was giving you some thoughts, but you didn't really know until you started challenging it. So I remember I'm very much into journaling. So that's one of the tools that I use early on to understand, like a simple tool I use is at the end of the day, or you could do it at the beginning of the day, whatever I did it at the end of the day, I wrote down what was, what what were my top three predominant feelings of the day? Okay, so state your feelings, one, two, three, and then go back and say, what is the thought that created that feeling? Okay, that I kept just doing that very simple exercise. It took like five minutes over and over. And then when you start doing that, you start to see patterns in your thoughts, right? Oh my gosh. And so when you do this exercise, you know, it, it, when they talk about like in meditation, you have to be a watcher, you have to distance yourself, you have to be the observer of your thoughts. And that's kind of how I did it. I said, no judgment, I'm going to allow my brain to tell me exactly what it needs to tell me. And just be curious and be like, Oh, that's interesting that you think that but not beating up on it, not shunting it, not just being a complete neutral observer. Oh my God. And the things that came up, essentially the thoughts that came up is that my productivity, my self-worth was linked to my productivity. So when I didn't do anything, right? So rest was one of the things that I wanted to do. I was like, okay, calm. How are you calm? Okay, so we should calm our bodies in a sense and not take on so many tasks, not like do car, you know what I mean? Like pull back on all these activities and all these things that we have. And so when I did that, oh my gosh, you're so lazy. You're such a loser. What are you doing with your life? You're falling behind. Comparison, 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 judgment, 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 jealousy, 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 right? I would see other people doing the things that I should be doing, which I would have probably done if I hadn't come to the stage. And it would be like, oh, I would just like judge them because of from a place of jealousy, right? And that that's what I had to deal with for a long, like for a good six to nine months, I sat in that space and I kept having to, I kept having to be super intentional about it and come back and be like, okay, yes, this is totally normal that your brain is giving you this. It is totally normal that your body is reacting like this, because again, this is how you've been operating. This is what safety is for you, right? For physicians, chronic stress, the cortisol-driven, um, adrenaline-pumped uh, neurotransmitter in your body is, is stress. You're living in the sympathetic nervous system. So once I understood that, it's like detoxing, Aveen. It's totally like detoxing. I had to detox myself from work. Like if I had to say it in one sentence, that's how I would summarize it. So it's like detoxing from like overeating and drinking and whatever else, sex, porn, whatever. It's detoxing from overworking and all the emotions that come up to that. And for me being, if you go back being an immigrant, I saw my parents work, like what they modeled for me was like 80 hours of work, right? And, and it, there was, yes, there, there is, once you start to make that shift into one state of being to another, right? 
your brain for us, like for example, for me was used to overworking that was safe for it. Right. So when I said rest, it was like, uh, no danger, danger. The tigers are coming. What are you talking about? Right. So when you do shift just to be cognizant of that and intentional about it and be like, okay, yeah, I know this sounds crazy that I'm trying to um, detox, detox myself from this working space, but that's what my brain finds as safe. Like when I understood that, I had a lot more self-compassion for myself, a lot more patience with myself instead of beating myself up and saying, I can't believe uh, you're not getting it right. I can't believe you're doing this. You're you're a failure. I can't believe you're making mistakes after, you know, that kind of narrative. I, I was able to pause and say, this is exactly how you're supposed to be feeling. This is exactly how the, the emotions that are supposed to come up. And you're okay. I've got you. We've got this. We can do it, right? And then, uh, obviously, I think this is—I did not do this by myself. Uh, <laughs> I had the support. You know, I got a coach. I had the support of like the physician Facebook community. I have the support of some other girlfriends that were going through the same journey. So, a- as I embarked on this journey, I actually—I talk about the circle of five, right? The five people that are that that you that you surround yourself with, that you get your energy from, that are vibrating at the same level that you are, those people kind of shifted as well to be able to support me to where I want to go rather where I have been. Beautiful. And I wonder if you can pinpoint um, when the struggle shifted. Like, was it one aha moment or was it all of a sudden it just got easier? Can you explain the transition from struggle towards peace? Yeah, I don't, you know, for me, and I still think about it. I, I, you know, I always thought it would be moments of like fireworks and this big celebration of like, oh, I definitely had some moments of like, Oh, kind of like, oh, I can be the observer. Okay, let me see what that looks like. So it was more like curiosity than like, yeah, I'm there. You know, because I'm still, I'm still, it, it's um, um, this healing journey or awakening journey is, again, there's no destination. And I think understanding that, knowing that, okay, there, I don't set goals, right? I set intention. So I will tell you, my first year, and I said intentions within a year worth. So the first year I said, I want to go anger to calm and ease. And then that took me like a year. And then the next year I'm like, okay, yeah, I think my nervous system's good. I've done a lot of like embodiment work. I've done a lot of Epsom salt baths, a lot of meditation, a lot of breathing, 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 breathing. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, now I want to love myself through this process. What would self-love look like? And then I spent an entire year doing the whole self-love thing, reading about it, using different tools. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm calm, except for the times that I, you know, that I shouldn't be calm because that's just normal being human. Like 75% of the time I'm calm. Okay. I think I have a good hold on like self-love. I don't beat myself up as much. I don't, um, I don't equate my worth to like creating and producing and whatever. And so I was like, now 
what, how do I want to move forward? How do I want to live the second phase of my life? And I was like, I want to live it with play and presence. So that's what I'm working on now. And I don't know what presence means in a sense. And I have no idea what play means in a sense, but I don't need to know. I can, as long as I just bring that intention to me every day and I'm like play and presence. Okay, let's go. Some days is going to be better than other days. But I think when you set the intention, right, it's if we talk about energy and your thoughts and your feelings and your words have an energy behind them they have a vibration behind them and if you're constantly reminding of yourself right stepping intentionally stepping into that energy right of play and presence then over time those things are going to match your energy and they're going to like fall into your lap literally that's what i've seen in the last three years right and that's why i don't need to set any goals i just need to set intentions and remind myself every day And then not knowing, again, I'm going to repeat this, not knowing what the path is and just allowing it to be. So in this flow state, right? So a lot of like all the components that I I talked about is like feminine divine energy, right? Flow and play and presence and self-love and and, um, ease and calm. And then I'm like, how come? You keep going about that how come no one taught us this? Like, how come I, or maybe they did. I think my mom's super spiritual and she probably told me a lot of this and I rolled my eyes and I was like, that's not going to get me anywhere. What are you talking about? That's not going to pay the bills, right? Which I think at some point it might not, but I'm speaking to the people, to the physicians, to the to the women, to the humans out there that have come to a place in their life where they're like, Okay, I think I've reached like all my whatever vision board, but why am I, why do I not, why do I feel, oh, whatever that is, it's different for people, right? Okay, so maybe I always say the second half of your life should never be a repeat of your first half of your life. Maybe you should start doing it differently. And and that's the commitment that I made about three years ago. And it's been amazing. So can you just outline or talk a little bit about what has changed? What shifted? How has your home life shifted? How has your work as a pediatrician in the world shifted? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so let's start with husband and kids, right? I have three teenagers. They like to spend time with me, which is not (laughs) something that most moms can say, especially in that self-love period of mine. And as you shift your state, right, your emotions and how you're embodying and walking through the world that you have an electromagnetic field around you, right? So you are like, um, you are emitting energy. So I was emitting, imagine if you have teenagers living in the world that they are today with everything. I don't even have to name it. Imagine if they came to a home where their parent was right? That's priceless. Or a parent like truly loved themselves, truly was not judgmental towards themselves. Because when you're not judgmental towards yourself, you're not going to be judgmental towards your kids, right? Or other people. Exactly. So they picked up on that energy, right? I'm so much closer to my kids that I have ever been in the conversations that we have just blows my mind. Relationship with the husband changed. So that's like the home life, right? The work life. So I used to look at work. I used to come look at my schedule and be like, okay, I like 25 patients. Oh my God, this family's here. She's she's gonna talk about this. I'm so tired of this. This is negative, 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 negative. Mm-hmm. And now I go in and I'm like with the connect, I would say connection, 
right? Connection. So I make connections from a heart to heart rather than checking off a task, which is how I lived most of my life. That's really beautiful. And it's, it's amazing when we, you know, and you were, you were talking about, I, I think that this is the way of being human, right? That, that some rare beings come born knowing this and the rest of us have to struggle and screwed up. And, and if we're lucky, make that turn in the second half of our life and exactly what you did kind of take stock and, um, and shift and, and recognize that even though you've achieved and checked all the boxes, um, there's a different way, a better way to live. Um, but it's really beautiful too, to see the ripple effect, right? So you're a pediatrician, you're affecting families and children, and you don't know where that ripple stops. And so it's really beautiful that the work of one individual can then start to really shift the energy of the world around us. And I think that's really beautiful. Yes. And I tell, you know, I have parents that come up to me all the time or ask me in visits, like, what can I do to help my child? What can I do to be a better parent? What can I do to create safety, you know, within a world that's so unsafe and uncertain? And I was like, you don't have to do anything for them. You just have to do everything for yourself. Right. And I think that's a message that we've never been taught as women. Right. It's like, oh, my God, that's so selfish. I can't do that. But that's not true. When you start to love yourself, when you start to rest your body, when you start to see yourself in a different sense. Right. When you start to honor whatever your body is telling you, when you start to question those programmed thoughts that have been embedded in your brain over years of generation, you know, socialization, religion, whatever it is, and you start to peel those layers away and you start to clean things out that's all you need to do like if every person if every parent did that can you imagine the world so beautiful like very different than it is um and yeah I think recognizing you know that we all come from somewhere right I'm also the child of immigrant parents so very similar programming Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time our parents were doing the best for us Mm -hmm. and taking a risk and moving across oceans to start in a new place. And so um, everyone has like their programming, their, um, their story, but your story, you can recreate it. I think that's really the power of your story. And what I love too, Sogal, is that it's, you just decided, you know, it's not, I've had um, lots of different guests on here and some have gone through real physical challenges, you know, they've overcome um, terrible, like disease or physical limitations. Other people have had really incredible near-death experiences or spontaneous mystical experiences. But what I love about your story is that it's, you know, first of all, the fact that at the beginning of COVID, that you did something positive rather than sit on your couch and go into victim mode and watch Netflix and (laughs) gain 20 pounds is something. (laughs) And that it's just, you, you have this groundedness and practicality that I think is really approachable. You know, this, I, I love how you describe that you kind of utilize that go getting, you know, yeah, you go getting this to actually be. Yeah, that's it. Oh my God, that's exactly what I said. I said, okay, 
I'm going to do, right, because my brains always do. I was like, I'm going to do being. I don't know what the heck that means, <laughs> but that's my mission. I'm going to do being. And I will say my near death, ex- death, quote unquote, experience was at the dinner table with my do- eating family dinner. My 10-year-old, we were talking, having some conversation. And she turned around and she said, mom, I don't think you have any love in your body. That's harsh and hard to hear. Yeah. So that was my near-death experience because I was dead, totally dead. And Sorry, I tear up every time no, I say I mean, this sentence. And, and at the same time, like our kids can be so, especially teenagers and those yeah. nearly teenagers can be like, I don't think there's a harsher creature on the planet to a mother. <laughs> and yeah. at the same time, that was, that was this raw guttural truth you needed to hear in that moment to like wake you up. Yeah. And I always say, I say, if this was my strong-willed older daughter, oh, she would have gotten a mouthful back. Right. But this was like my sweet, kind, reserved, like super intuitive, generous daughter. So when it came from her, I I had to pause. Like there was no option, right? There was no like arguing with her or questioning her. I just took it as a fact. And I said, holy moly, I think she's right. Let's do something. Yeah. (laughs) Let's try to become alive again. Well, I had this image of um, what is the movie Moana, you know, the goddess who's like on fire and burned out and, and, And so to just reiterate for people who are listening, who may be in that state, like at the dinner table where you got that really harsh truth or at that beginning moment of, I'm going to pause, that you said you paused for like a year. Mm -hmm. So it's not um, for most people, if you're really in a burned out phase, it's not going to happen overnight. And so that compassionate commitment to just be with it for as long as it takes, I think is like most of the reasoning for your success, you were just really consistent and determined and loving towards yourself. Cause I'm sure there were plenty of days during that year, during COVID, when you own your own small business as a, as a, you know, you have your own practice. There was so much uncertainty during that time. And so mm-hmm. rather than fear and being like, Oh, I'm just going to go back to the way that I had been doing it. That commitment to change was, is a really powerful thing. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't, like if I sit two, two and a half years ago at that moment, I was like, I can't, even if I want to, even if my body wants to, like, I can't, I didn't have any energy within me to, you know, get back up and do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely at the, one of the lowest points in my life. And then it, it, this is another thing I want to say is, but if you looked at Instagram and Facebook and whatever, you would have never, ever, ever, ever thought that that's the place that I was in, right? And so we tend to, you know, show off a different part of ourselves. Even a lot of my pediatrician friends that are in private practice were like, holy moly, if this happened, what? Like you're the last person. And I said, yeah. And that's why I think it's important for me to come out and tell my story because on the outside, I was like the warrior, had it all together, knew, you know, had a successful business, family, blah, 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 car house, blah, 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 right? But on the inside, it was completely dead, completely dead. 
drained. I just wanted to say thank you so much for having the courage to do the work. Have You have this authenticity and honesty about sharing your experience that I think is really refreshing and helping so many people. Um, and I just wonder if there's anything that we haven't talked about, any advice or offer, you know, that you'd, I know you work with physicians mainly, but any advice that you'd like to offer to anyone listening? Just do you, be you, love you, because at the end of the day, the only thing that's left when you leave this world is you. And in a sense, when I say you, I mean your soul, right? You leave everything else behind, your jobs, your titles, your accolades, your children, your partner, uh, th- those are not part of your DNA. Those are the those are not the things that you're going to carry with you in your essence, right? In your body, the things that you're going to carry with you are your feelings, are your thoughts, are, is your purpose, is your desire. You know, are those are the things. So if we can put a little bit more focus on delving into what those things are. Um, it would be magical and it is magical. Well, I'm so grateful for you and for the beautiful place you're in, in your life and in the world right now. I will, in the show notes, I'll link your podcast and your website and, and all your socials so people can connect with you. Um, and I want to just say thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Really, really great to chat with you and hear your story.